I am the highway. I am the highway. It's good to be back, good friends, new listeners. It's good to be back. It's been over a year since my last podcast, and I am back. I'm back, um, and I'm happy to be back. I was thinking about doing this podcast a month ago, two months ago, and you know, but I just wasn't ready. But I am ready now. Again, this podcast, um, just for the people that have not heard the previous one, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist, nor do I have their schooling or their experience. I'm an electrician, electrical contractor, and I am a guy that likes nature, and I'm a father of three kids. And I am Ernie Figueroa. That is my name. That is me. So I'm not claiming to be this professional guy uh, about that subject, you know, school-wise. But I did live it. So if you want to hear part of my recovery, then this podcast might, might show, show some things to you. Because I'm, I'm an open book. And I'm willing to share my experiences with codependency. And yes, in the beginning, I was playing Chris Cornell. The song says, I am the highway. And you know what? Um, it just hits. It's a good song. It, it hits for me. I like it. Sometimes we forget who we are. Because we're so busy trying to make somebody else happy. You know, I learned that um, that that's one thing that I was doing in my codependent relationship. I was putting the other person first. I was putting the other person in a pedestal. And I think that um, that you want that, right? In a sense, like it, when you love somebody, you you want the best for them. But there's a difference between love and uh, and a codependency. Love and toxicity. There's a difference between love and lust, love and desire. Love, what love will not make you a slave. It, it, it won't. That's not love. Then. There's been so many things that happened uh, since uh, since our last podcast and. The more and more I get into this, the more things are going to come up. Um, I'm not in a relationship right now. I got over a 23-year uh, marriage. And and when I was you know, still married, I, you know, I, I, I had a mistress towards the end of it. And then I took off with her. You know, I started off... I wanted to have a life with her, and according to me, that was like the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, but it was uh, it was a relationship based on adrenaline, fun, and uh, a lot of lot of good things. There were a lot of good memories. But see what happens when you're in a codependent relationship. They don't start off. What the problem is, they don't start off with um, 
with these, you know, toxic episodes. It never starts like that. You know, it always starts nice. Everybody puts up their, their, their nice face in the beginning. Everybody puts their, their best. You know, and um, I think this, this COVID, you know, this pandemic that we're going through, I think this was a, a test for humanity. It was a test for people. It was a test for couples, for families. I feel that it's either got you closer or it, it pulled you away further from, from your person, right? Because, see, in my case, <clears throat> once the pandemic hit, there was no more, you know, nightclubs. There were no more casinos. There was no more adrenaline. There was no more partying. There was just one person and another person. So what, what do you do then? That's when you find out if everything you had was was real or wasn't. You know, that was like the, the test of fire. And I went through that test of fire. Once there was no more, you know, no more fun, fun nights like that. I had nothing in that relationship. You know, and getting over this, this time I'm doing better. You know, I'm doing a lot better. Um, but in the beginning of the letting go part, uh, the only thing I remember towards the last last months that I was with that person, and I didn't want to let go. I had, like all the signs were there to let go. I knew it. I mean, they were in my face. I mean, I'm talking about like signs were in my face. But I just couldn't see myself living without that person. I didn't know how my Mondays were going to be, my Tuesdays, my weekends. Weekends were horrible. As soon as Friday would come up, Friday, 7 o'clock, my, my heart would, would just start like beating fast. And I would think about, you know, she's not going to have her kids today for the weekend, you know, for the next three days. Where is she going to go? Who is she going to be with? And all these things you start thinking, you know. And, and and the attachment comes because, well, I'm speaking again from my behalf. The attachment, the, my attachment came from from when everything was, was great with us. When everything was fun, when everything was amazing, when everything was incredible. You know, when we would go places, we would discover new places together and, you know, do things that we'd never done before, you know, in, in our past so then, you know, you start bonding, and you bond, and you bond, and, you know, you know what time the person's going to call you, or what time you call them. You know, you build this relationship, and in your mind, you feel like that's going to be like that all the time, and that it's going to grow into something nicer, and that it's going to grow into, like, the relationship that you've been waiting for. Well, that's how it begins. You know, there's this uh, this is good therapist, and she says um, she has a very good saying in Spanish. And she says, um, "Si iba a dar, ya hubiera dado." In English, it means if it was gonna work, it would have worked already. You know. And the same therapist says, "You have your part. You have the partner." That you can afford. 
You know, so what that means is if you have a relationship where that person is, you know, mistreating you, where that person is cheating, where that person is a liar, where that person is not trustworthy, where that person has all these negative things that hurt you, and you're still there, it just means that that's, that, that's where you're... <sighs> That's where you're at. You know, if you consider yourself to be a 10 and your spouse or your, your boyfriend or girlfriend, they're a 3 because they mistreat you. They do all these things against you. And, you know, so from a 1 through a 10, you're a 10 and they're a 3. Well, guess what? When you're putting up with that, when you're receiving that and agreeing to it and not leaving, you become a 3. You're not a 10 no more. You used to be a 10. But a sober-minded person, a clear-minded person, a healthy person from the mind is not going to put up with that. A healthy person is not going to allow um, lies, manipulations, cheating, drama, seeing them public, humiliating comments, little sarcastic humiliating comments they won't you know why because a healthy person is going to just say you know what this is not for me i gotta go and they leave they're not there trying to fix it they're not trying to turn to you know mend things and say no you know what you shouldn't be that rude and blah blah blah. no a healthy person leaves and they move on so once you leave and you move on and you leave all that toxicity you're not a three no more now you're a ten you reset so at this point in my life, that's where I'm at. You know, I was a three because I was in a relationship that was just like dragging me down. I lost everything. So we're now what I'm doing. Since I let go with a lot of pain in my heart, I let go. <clears throat> but I'm resetting. I'm resetting. And part of me doing this podcast is that. I'm trying to reset my life. I'm trying to put the pieces back together. And I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So this was a uh, a brief um, episode. No notes, no nothing. Straight out, this is from my house. And it's also from my heart. Unless you live through something that deep. Then, well, let me rephrase that. Unless you've had some kind of a addiction in the past, whether it be drug addiction, whether it be alcohol, whether it be to a person, then you wouldn't understand this. But if you have, I'm sure you can relate to some of these things. You know, I'm sure you can relate to that feeling in your stomach when you, when something triggers you, because we have triggers. There could be a smell, a perfume, a cologne, a certain food, a song, a certain type of music that would just, like, <laughs> it would just shake up all your chakras at the same time. And, you know, you feel like you're going to, like, pass out or something. Or some people feel dizzy. Some people feel really nervous, uh, really like a severe panic attack. I get those every now and then, 
but I still work with them, you know. I have a really good therapist, and uh, my therapist told me um, to detach myself from that, to remove myself from that emotional roller coaster. That there was no point in me reliving my past, because every time that you live, you relive your past. Every time that you relive a scene from your past. Every time you relive a bad moment, a sad moment, uh, you know, that moment, when, when you relive it, you're jumping into the quantum world, and it feels like it's yesterday, even if it was 15 years ago, even if it was in your childhood. So what I've been practicing that has been helping me is I get off my emotional roller coaster. And there's many emotional roller coasters through your day. But you need to jump off of them. That's what's working for me. That's what I'm doing. As soon as I start entertaining little scenes from, you know, last year or from two years ago or from my childhood or, you know, anything like that. You know, it'll be for a couple seconds. And then I say, you know, I got to get off of this. I got to move on from this. So that's what, that's what my therapist told me. She said... Get off of your emotional roller, um, yeah, roller coaster, you know. Carousel, I'm sorry, she said a carousel. And that's what I do. As soon as I detect it, I don't entertain it for more than two seconds, and I just move on. I start thinking about something else. I start thinking about anything but that. There's a constant, constant um, work that you do. You know, I don't think anybody fully recovers 100%. I don't think so. I think you, you know, you can't, I don't think you can recover 100%. I think you can stay vigilant. I think you can stay sober. I think you can stay, stay active, stay moving. That's what I believe. Um, One of the things about staying active and being sober, whether it be from a substance or from a person, and trust me, I have experience on a lot of different addictions in life, right? And the last one, I guess, was uh, to a person. I'm not ashamed to say it. You know, I know that there's a lot of people that that have lived and are living the stuff that I lived. And I wish I would I would have listened to more testimonies from people. It would have helped me. It would have helped me a lot, certain times. There's so many things to say. There's so many things I want to tell you guys. There's so much, um, so much that I've learned. There's so much. You know, people talk about rock bottom. I feel like I've been there before. I feel like I've been there twice in my life. They hit that rock bottom. And it, yeah, it's um. It's gonna take me a long time to repair relationships that I that I've hurt. It's gonna take me a long time to repair the relationship between my children and I. I have two kids. No, I have three kids, but I have two kids that don't talk to me. My youngest ones. And I love them. But I'm always available a hundred percent and I and I send them messages all the time and I tell them I'm here. I'm here. I lost my marriage of twenty three years. And at the end of it all, I lost the other person 
that I had left my wife for. You know, um, I also had a couple people close to me pass away. And that hurt. You know, so for moments I feel like, why is everybody trying to get away from me? I mean, was I that bad? Was my lifestyle that bad? Why am I losing everybody? Or why am I losing people in my life? Why am I losing contact with really dear people that I love? Why? You know, so I have a lot of reasons. I have a lot of reasons to stay in the hole. I have a lot of reasons to, to, to be an addict, to drink or to do drugs or to lose myself in pills or whatever. I have all the right excuses. But I don't. I don't. It's not in me. I, I don't want it. I don't like to be a slave to anything. So for this point in my life where, you know, I am uh, I'm single, I'm working, I'm just doing my thing. This is the weirdest thing for me. You know, because I, I, I'm a father. Um, I was a husband. I was a boyfriend or lover, whatever the heck I was. Um, but I'm still me. Now it's just me with a bunch of stories that I lived, good and bad. You know, if you've lived through a, a codependency or codependent toxic relationship, I guess the best advice I can give for today about that is well there's two things one you're not gonna you're not gonna die you're not gonna die without that person and second you already know you shouldn't be there you already know you shouldn't be there all the signs are there there's no reason why one human being should mistreat another human being you wouldn't allow that from a new person why are you going to allow it from somebody that supposedly loves you? You wouldn't allow cheating and lying, manipulating from a new person, from a stranger. From somebody at a gas station, you wouldn't allow any anybody to talk to you like that. Why would you allow that from somebody that supposedly loves you or somebody that supposedly you love? That's not love. It's called a dependency. You're depending on them. And they're depending on you. And you know what? At the end of the day, once the relationship's over, you know what? They move on like this. Boom. So all that that you did, all that that you put up with was for, for nothing. You were just wasting your time. So anyways, my friends, this has been a really brief uh, podcast. I have so much material, I have so much, so many notes, and I have so many memories that I want to share with you guys, but I just did this right now, out of the blues, I wanted to, to get on here and uh, speak to you guys, we're on October the 6th, and there's so much stuff happening in the world, and with this pandemic, with this worldwide pandemic that we have no clue what, what else is going to happen, because this year has been like Jumanji, um, this is the perfect perfect reason to fix your relationship with your spouse 
with your boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance. Like if it would have happened, it would have. It should have happened now. When we're at a pandemic. If it didn't get fixed during the pandemic, I mean, there's another big red flag for you right there. You know what else? What else is bigger than a pandemic? You know when people are dying. You know, and 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 I've seen it. Some some people are divorcing. Some people are splitting up, and other people are getting back together. Other people are working their their relationships. That's what turbulence does. Little earthquake, little turbulence in life. It shows you who's really on your side. So a question that I asked myself, you know, during this pandemic, it's like, why would I want to be with somebody that gives me their back during a worldwide pandemic when me, I didn't give them my back. I gave them everything always. So one thing that helps me in my recovery, it helps me that um, that I give it all in that relationship. That I give it 100%. So therefore I smile. I walk around with my head up. Because I know who I am. It showed me who I was. It showed me what I can do. I don't know about the other person. But I give 100%. But anyways, my friends, codependency is not a, it's not a very popular you know, subject. But trust me, I know men, women, successful, not so successful. I know people on TV. I know people that do big things in life that either have been in a toxic relationship or that are in a toxic relationship. But people don't talk about that. But you know what? It's so common. It's so common. Okay? We will be making more podcasts. And this episode goes out to a good friend of mine that lost his life. This one goes for Ray Ray. He's a dear friend that um, he left too soon. Ray Ray used to be my electrician helper. He worked with me for a couple of years. And we would have these conversations all the time. Me and Ray Ray would have conversations about this, like deep stuff like this. You know, it's, it's like we are, we're, we're constantly looking for something to cover something. We, all of us, you know. I remember I told him once about um, King David. How King David was just walking around one day while his men were at war. And King David from the Bible, he woke up late. He had nothing to do. <laughs> All he was doing, he was chilling, like we call it now. You know, when somebody says, what are you doing? Chilling. Well, I don't think that's such a good word. Because, because people are just chilling and doing nothing. That's usually when destruction is walking towards them, when they don't even know it. It's creeping, little by little, trying to creep in. So when King David wakes up, and he's walking around the halls, and he's walking around his, you know, his courtyard and all that, his balcony. He sees a woman um, taking a bath. She was naked, she's taking a bath. So he gets seduced. 
and he calls her in and that was that was the story of that was the beginning of his of his failure that was his codependency that was his fall and it all started when he was doing nothing he could have been at war with his men he had to be at war with his men he had to be warring and he wasn't he was just taking it easy you see that's what happened with addiction i remember some of the advice that i got from my dad once and um He said something about addiction once. He said, you know what? I got this. I, you know, I can get off of it. I, I'm, you know, I'm good. But it's when I'm by myself. It's when I'm by myself that I, that I mess up. You know, and, you know, it's so funny. Like, I used to judge my father, you know, growing up. And even to a few years ago, I would still judge him. And, um, and I feel like I broke his record. <laughs> I don't judge my father anymore. I don't. Now I just like, I just smile. You know, but um, back to this uh, codependency and to the, the Daniel. I'm sorry, David. Daniel, somebody else. Um, King David. That was his failure. That was it. You know, because we're constantly looking for something to cover up something. It's like all day long. And on another note, um, I was listening to Russell Russell Brandt. Um, it's actually a video that I saw of him, and they asked him, you know, from all the stuff that he's done. Because this guy, that guy's amazing. That guy's like, <laughs> that guy's my hero. He's done a lot of stuff, you know. He, he's messed up big time too in life, and um, he's hit his rock bottom. And they asked him, you know, what was what was your your strongest addiction that you had? You know, what was the hardest thing to kick? Was it heroin? Was it meth? Was it mushrooms? Or well, what the heck was it? And he said it was uh, codependency, a relationship, a person. Do you know? So unless you've lived this, you know. You don't know what I'm talking about. But if you do know what I'm talking about, then trust me, there is a way out. And the way out is it's straight out. It's, it's, it's not easy. You just got to deny yourself. But you just got to know that. That you'll be okay. That you'll be okay. We're con like I was saying earlier, we're, we're constantly trying to block something with something. We constantly want, but I believe when you reach that part, that part of your life where, where you're not hungry no more, or thirsty, that's when that's when your recovery is 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 at your doorstep. It's not good to be thirsty. Thirsty means needy, means scarcity. I mean slavery. And I never want to be thirsty again. Nor do I, I want to be hungry for the wrong things. I don't. But anyways, good friends. It was really good making this podcast again. And um, I will see you very soon. Take care, everybody.
to be back good friends new listeners it's good to be back it's been over a year since my last podcast and i am back i'm back um and i'm happy to be back i was thinking about doing this podcast a month ago two months ago and you know but i just wasn't ready but i am ready now Again, this podcast, um, just for the people that have not heard the previous one, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a psychologist, nor do I have their schooling or their experience. I'm an electrician, electrical contractor, and I am a guy that likes nature, and I'm a father of three kids, and I am Ernie Figueroa. That is my name. That is me. So I'm not claiming to be this professional guy uh, about that subject, you know, school-wise. But I did live it. So if you want to hear part of my recovery, then this podcast might might show show some things to you, because I'm I'm an open book, and I'm willing to share. My experiences with codependency. And yes, in the beginning, I was playing Chris Cornell. The song says, I am the highway. And you know what? Uh, it just hits. It's a good song. It, it hits for me. I like it. Sometimes we forget who we are. Because we're so busy trying to make somebody else happy. You know, I learned that... Um, that that's one thing that I was doing in my codependent relationship. I was putting the other person first. I was putting the other person in a pedestal. And I think that um, that you want that, right? In a sense, like it, it, when you love somebody, you you want the best for them. But there's a difference between love and a, uh, and a codependency, love and toxicity. There's a difference between love and lust, love and desire. Love, what love will not make you a slave. It, it, it won't. That's not love. Then. There's been so many things that happened uh, since uh, since our last podcast, and the more and more I get into this, the more things are going to come up. Um, I'm not in a relationship right now. I got over a 23-year uh, marriage. And 
And when I was, you know, still married, I, you know, I, I, I had a mistress towards the end of it. And then I took off with her. You know, I started off, I wanted to have a life with her. And according to me, that was like the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, but it was, uh, it was a relationship based on adrenaline, fun, and uh, a lot of, lot of good things. There were a lot of good memories. But see what happens when you're in a codependent relationship. They don't start off with the problems. They don't start off with um, with these, you know, toxic episodes. It never starts like that. You know, it always starts nice. Everybody puts up their 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 nice face in the beginning. Everybody puts their their best. You know, and um, I think this this COVID, you know, this pandemic that we're going through. I think this was a a test for humanity. It was a test for people. It was a test for couples, for families. I feel that it either got you closer or it, it pulled you away further from, from your person, right? Because see, in my case, <clears throat> once the pandemic hit, there was no more you know, nightclubs. There were no more casinos. There was no more adrenaline. There was no more partying. There was just one person and another person. So what do you do then? That's when you find out if everything you had was was real or wasn't. You know, that was like the, the test of fire. And I went through that test of fire. Once there was no more, you know, no more fun, fun nights like that. I had nothing in that relationship. You know, and getting over this. This time I'm doing better. You know, I'm doing a lot better. Um, but in the beginning of the letting go part, uh, the only thing I remember towards the last last months that I was with that person, and I didn't want to let go. I had, like, all the signs were there to let go. I knew it. I mean, they were in my face. I mean, I'm talking about, like, signs were in my face. But I just couldn't see myself living without that person. I didn't know how my Mondays were going to be, my Tuesdays, my weekends. Weekends were horrible. As soon as Friday would come up, Friday 7 o'clock, my, my heart would, would just start like beating fast. And I would think about, you know, she's not going to have her kids today for the weekend, you know, for the next three days. Where is she going to go? Who is she going to be with? And all these things you start thinking, you know? And, and, and the attachment comes because, well, I'm speaking again from my behalf. The attachment, the, my attachment came from, from when everything was, was great with us. When everything was fun, when everything was amazing, when everything was incredible. You know, when we would go places, we would discover new places together and, you know, do things that we'd never done before you know in, in our past so then you know you start bonding and you bond and you bond and you know you know what time the person's going to call you or you, what time you call them you know you build this relationship and in your mind you feel like that's going to be like that all the time and that is going to grow into something nicer and that it's going to grow into like 
the relationship that you've been waiting for. Well, that's how it begins. You know, there's this, uh, there's this good therapist, and she says, um, she has a very good saying in Spanish. And she says, um, Si iba a dar, ya hubiera dado. In English, it means, if it was going to work, it would have worked already. You know? And the same therapist says, you have your part, you have the partner that you can afford. You know, so what that means is if you have a relationship where that person is, you know, mistreating you, where that person is cheating, where that person is a liar, where that person is not trustworthy, where that person has all these negative things that hurt you. And you're still there. It just means that that's that that's where you're. That's where you're at, you know. If you consider yourself to be a ten, and your spouse or your your boyfriend or girlfriend, they're a three, because they mistreat you, they do all these things against you, and you know. So from a one through ten, you're a ten, and they're a three. Well, guess what? When you're putting up with that, when you're receiving that and agreeing to it and not leaving, you become a three. You're not a ten no more. You used to be a ten. But a sober-minded person, a clear-minded person, a healthy person from the mind is not going to put up with that. A healthy person is not going to allow um, lies, manipulations, cheating drama, seen in public, humiliating comments, little sarcastic, humiliating comments. They won't. You know why? Because a healthy person is going to just say, you know what? This is not for me. I got to go. And they leave. They're not there trying to fix it. They're not trying to, trying to, you know, mend things and say, no, you know what? You shouldn't be that rude and blah, blah, blah. No. A healthy person leaves and they move on. So once you leave and you move on and you leave all that toxicity, you're not a three no more. Now you're a ten. You reset. So at this point in my life, that's where I'm at. You know, I was a three because I was in a relationship that was just like dragging me down. I lost everything. So we're now what I'm doing. Since I let go with a lot of pain in my heart, I let go. <clears throat> but I'm resetting. I'm resetting. And part of me doing this podcast is that I'm trying to reset my life. I'm trying to put the pieces back together. And I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So this was a uh, a brief um, episode. No notes, no nothing. Straight out, this is from my house. And it's also from my heart. Unless you live through something that deep, then, well, let me rephrase that. Unless you've had some kind of a addiction in the past, whether it be drug addiction, whether it be alcohol, whether it be to a person, then you wouldn't understand this. But if you have, 
I'm sure you can relate to some of these things. You know, I'm sure you can relate to that feeling in your stomach when you when something triggers you. Because we have triggers. There could be a smell, a perfume, a cologne, a certain food, a song, a certain type of music that would just, like, <laughs> it would just shake up all your chakras at the same time. And, you know, you feel like you're going to, like, pass out or something or some people feel dizzy some people feel really nervous uh, really like a severe panic attack i get those every now and then but i still work with them you know i have a really good therapist and uh, my therapist told me um to detach myself from there to remove myself from that emotional roller coaster that there was no point in me Reliving my past. Because every time that you live, you relive your past. Every time that you relive a scene from your past. Every time you relive a bad moment. A sad moment. Uh, you know, that moment when, when you relive it. You're jumping into the quantum world. And it feels like it's yesterday. Even if it was 15 years ago. Even if it was in your childhood. So what I've been practicing that has been helping me is I get off my emotional roller coaster. And there's many emotional roller coasters through your day. But you need to jump off of them. That's what's working for me. That's what I'm doing. As soon as I start entertaining little scenes from, you know, last year or from two years ago or from my childhood or, you know, anything like that. You know, it'll be for a couple of seconds. And then I say, you know, I got to get off of this. I gotta move on from this. So that's what that's what my therapist told me. She said, "Get off of your emotional roller, um, yeah, roller coaster, you know, carousel." I'm sorry, she said a carousel. And that's what I do. As soon as I detect it, I don't entertain it for more than two seconds, and I just move on. I start thinking about something else. I start thinking about anything but that. So it's a constant, constant um, work that you do. You know, I don't think anybody fully recovers 100%. I don't think so. I think, you you know, you can't. I don't think you can recover 100%. I think you can stay vigilant. I think you can stay sober. I think you can stay, stay active. Stay moving. I, that's what I believe. Um, one of the things about staying active... In, in being sober, whether it be from a substance or from a person. And trust me, I have experience on a lot of different addictions in life, right? And the last one, I guess, was uh, to a person. I'm not ashamed to say it. You know, I know that there's a lot of people that that have lived and are living the stuff that I lived. And I wish I would have I listened to more testimonies from people. It would have helped me. It would have helped me a lot, certain times. There's so many things to say. There's so many things I want to tell you guys. There's so much, um, so much that I've learned. There's so much. You know, people talk about rock bottom. I feel like I've been there before. I feel like I've been there twice in my life. 
they hit that rock bottom. And it, yeah, it's um, it's gonna take me a long time to repair relationships that I that I've hurt. It's gonna take me a long time to repair the relationship between my children and I. I have two kids. No, I have three kids, but I have two kids that don't talk to me. My youngest ones, and I love them. But I'm always available, 100%, and I, and I send them messages all the time, and I tell them, I'm here, I'm here. I lost my marriage of 23 years, and at the end of it all, I lost the other person that I had left my wife for. You know, um, I also had... A couple people close to me pass away. And that hurt. You know, so for moments I feel like, why is everybody trying to get away from me? I mean, was I that bad? Was my lifestyle that bad? Why am I losing everybody? Why am I losing people in my life? Why am I losing contact with really dear people that I love? Why? You know, so I have a lot of reasons. I have a lot of reasons to stay in the hole. I have a lot of reasons to 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 be an addict, to drink or to do drugs or to lose myself in pills or whatever. I have all the right excuses, but I don't. I don't. It's not in me. I, I don't want it. I don't like to be a slave to anything. So for this point in my life where, you know, I am, uh, I'm single, I'm working, I'm just doing my thing. This is the weirdest thing for me, you know, because I'm a father. Um, I was a husband. I was a boyfriend or lover, whatever the heck I was. Um, but I'm still me. Now it's just me with a bunch of stories that I lived good and bad. You know, if you've lived through a a codependency or codependent toxic relationship, I guess the best advice I can give for today about that is, well, there's two things. One, you're not gonna you're not gonna die. You're not gonna die without that person. And second, you already know you shouldn't be there. You already know he shouldn't be there. All the signs are there. There's no reason why one human being should mistreat another human being. You wouldn't allow that from a new person. Why are you going to allow it from somebody that supposedly loves you? You wouldn't allow cheating and lying, manipulating from a new person, from a stranger. From somebody at a gas station, you wouldn't allow any anybody to talk to you like that. Why would you allow that from somebody that supposedly loves you or somebody that supposedly you love? That's not love. It's called a dependency. You're depending on them. And they're depending on you. And you know what? At the end of the day, once the relationship's over, you know what? They move on like this. Boom. So all that that you did, all that that you put up with was for, for nothing. You were just wasting your time. So anyways, my friends, 
this has been a really brief um, podcast. I have so much material. I have so much, so many notes, and I have so many memories that I want to share with you guys. But I just did this right now, out of the blues. I wanted to, to get on here and uh, speak to you guys. We're on October the 6th, and there's so much stuff happening in the world. And with this pandemic, with this worldwide pandemic that we have no clue what, what else is going to happen, because this year has been like Jumanji. Um, this is the perfect, perfect reason to fix your relationship with your spouse, with your boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance. Like if it would have happened, it would have, it should have happened now. When we're at a pandemic, if it didn't get fixed during the pandemic, I mean, there's another big red flag for you right there. You know what else? What else is bigger than a pandemic? You know when people are dying. You know, and 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 I've seen it. Some some people are divorcing. Some people are splitting up, and other people are getting back together. Other people are working their, their relationships. That's what turbulence does. Little earthquake, little turbulence in life. It shows you who's really on your side. So a question that I asked myself, you know, during this pandemic. It's like, why would I want to be with somebody that gives me their back? During a worldwide pandemic. When me... I didn't give him my back. I gave him everything always. So one thing that helps me in my recovery, it helps me that um, that I give it all in that relationship. That I give it 100%. So therefore I smile. I walk around with my head up because I know who I am. It showed me who I was. It showed me what I can do. I don't know about the other person, but I give 100%. But anyways, my friends, codependency is not a, it's not a very popular you know, subject. But trust me, I know men, women, successful, not so successful. I know people on TV. I know people that do big things in life that either have been in a toxic relationship or that are in a toxic relationship. But people don't talk about that. But you know what? It's so common. It's so common. Okay? We will be making more podcasts. And this episode goes out to a good friend of mine. That lost his life. This one goes for Ray Ray. He's a dear friend that um, he left too soon. Ray Ray used to be my electrician helper. He worked with me for a couple of years. And we would have these conversations all the time. Me and Ray Ray would have conversations about this, like deep stuff like this. You know, it's, it's like we all, we're, we're constantly looking for something to cover something. We, all of us, you know. I remember I told him once about um, King David. How King David was just walking around one day while his men were at war. And King David from the Bible, he woke up late, 
he had nothing to do. <laughs> All he was doing, he was chilling. Like we call it now, you know, when somebody says, what are you doing? Chilling. Well, I don't think that's such a good word. Because, because people are just chilling and doing nothing. That's usually when destruction is walking towards them and they don't even know it. It's creeping, little by little, trying to creep in. So when King David wakes up, and he's walking around the halls and he's walking around his, you know, his courtyard and all that, his balcony. He sees a woman um, taking a bath. She was naked, she's taking a bath. So he gets seduced and he calls her in. And that was that was the story of that was the beginning of his of his failure. That was his codependency. That was his fall. And it all started when he was doing nothing. He could have been at war with his men. He had to be at war with his men. He had to be warring. And he wasn't. He was just taking it easy. You see, and that's what happened with addiction. I remember some of the advice that I got from my dad once. And um He said something about addiction once. He said, you know what? I got this. Uh, you know, I can get off of it. I, I'm, you know, I'm good. But it's when I'm by myself. It's when I'm by myself that I, that I mess up. You know, and, you know, it's so funny. Like, I used to judge my father, you know, growing up. And even to a few years ago, I would still judge him. And, um, and I feel like I broke his record. <laughs> Now, I don't judge my father anymore. I don't. Now, I just, like, I just smile. You know, but, um, back to this, uh, codependency and to this, the Daniel, I'm sorry, David, Daniel, somebody else, um, King David, that was his failure. That was it. You know, because we're constantly looking for something to cover up something. It's like all day long. And on another note, um, I was listening to Russell Russell Brandt. Um, it's actually a video that I saw of him, and they asked him, you know, from all the stuff that he's done. Because this guy, that guy's amazing. That guy's like, <laughs> that guy's my hero. He's done a lot of stuff, you know. He, he's messed up big time too in life, and um, he's hit his rock bottom. And they asked him, you know, what was what was your, your strongest addiction that you had? You know, what was the hardest thing to kick? Was it heroin? Was it meth? Was it mushrooms? Or well, what the heck was it? And he said it was uh, codependency, a relationship, a person. But, you know, so unless you've lived this, you know. You don't know what I'm talking about. But if you do know what I'm talking about, then trust me, there is a way out. And the way out is it's straight out. It's, it's, it's not easy. You just got to deny yourself. But you just got to know that. That you'll be okay. That you'll be okay. We're con like I was saying earlier, we're, we're constantly trying to block something with something. We constantly want, but I believe when you reach that part, that part of your life where, where you're not hungry no more, or thirsty, 
that's when that's when your recovery is 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 at your doorstep. It's not good to be thirsty. Thirsty means needy, means scarcity. I mean slavery. And I never want to be thirsty again. Nor do I, I want to be hungry for the wrong things. I don't. But anyways, good friends. It was really good making this podcast again. And um, I will see you very soon. Take care, everybody.